people want security. And, and I think we're starting to see people understand that you need to demand more out of your service providers to not just give you a great experience, but also to, to treat your data, your money as sacred. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Hey folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. It's great to be back again. Uh, today, we have special guest Justin Sung uh, from AuthSignal back on the show. How are you, Justin? I'm great, thanks. Happy to be back. It's uh, been a few months between our last uh, conversation, so yeah, no, it's been good. Cool. Well, uh, always good to have you on the show. Lots to delve into today. Uh, before we start, of course, a big thank you to our show partners who make the New Zealand Tech Podcast possible. So thank you to 1NZ, 2 Degrees, Spark HP and Gorilla Technology. Well, let's jump in first of all to, the. we'll talk into the New Zealand Tech News, some of the broader international things that obviously have a, all have a play on New Zealand and we also want to delve in as part of this around solving NZ's banking scam issues because it just seems to have gone absolutely nuts. And of course, there's a lot more sort of to the broader cybersecurity landscape in New Zealand, but that's that's one piece. And I'm, I'm sure we'll end up talking about a few areas, but that's one area I'm really keen uh, to get your, uh, your thoughts on. We'll go into some international stuff and then delve um, a bit more into all signal and the and the things that you're uh, that you're doing to help uh, protect Kiwis. Um, but maybe before we start, you can give a, a quick intro in terms of you know where where you and and all signal sort of fit into this uh, big wild world of of tech and so on in New Zealand. Yeah, great. Thanks, Paul. I'm, well, I'm Justin, the founder of Off Signal, and I've spent a, about a good decade building consumer fintech apps. So. Um, we're seeing all the newspaper headlines now, but I've been seeing this kind of uh, worst case scenario build up for the last couple of years. So OffSignal is a cybersecurity and fraud solution where banks, insurance companies, airlines, uh, any digital tool can put into their systems to protect our accounts. Um, so we're seeing some great uptake uh, in New Zealand and abroad on our technology. And yeah, look, it's topical, it's relevant, and, you know, we need to start taking account security uh, very seriously. And, and everyone, I think, has now understood this. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, um, yeah, first up in, on the on the news front, uh, Two Degrees, they're um, going to be closing down. They've made, you know, their, their formal announcement uh, of their 3G mobile uh, service. And of course, you know when when you're running, you know, two G network, three G network, four G network, five G network, um, you know what you've got is a is the the spectrum is being split up to provide, um, you know, the, these these range of services, and so that means there's there's not as much spectrum available to go into. Four uh, G or 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 five G, and so that uh, limits the sort of you know performance and and coverage that you get on those uh, those new networks. So yeah, it's something that we've kind of we we know these things are coming. You know this is this is really you know part of the mix for all uh, all the mobile networks. So yeah, I think it's important that uh, that telcos sort of give that um, give that warning. 
And so there, uh, with, with two degrees, they're talking about you know shutdown of that 3G uh, service over the next uh, couple of couple of years. Um, and yeah, it's it's important that we you know that we get the most now out of our more modern networks. Um, obviously, we still have some 2G running in New Zealand uh, as as well. That uh, that can be quite important for. Um, Probably there's not so many phones that need a 2G mm. connection, but um, you've you've got you know varying things, sort of power meters in people's homes and you know and the like that uh, that may use 2G to communicate. Yeah, I, was, I think pager services only went off properly just a few years ago, right? That was one of my learnings when I yeah. actually thought uh, I, I miss those pages, the, the funky colors that you can get. But yep. anyway, we're, yep. we're sunsetting 3G. It means uh, we're getting old, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially, you know, for those that remember when, when 3G was, was new and exciting, right? So, yeah, we've heard now Spark New Zealand, they have said um, – they're closing off their mobile network. That's that's about um, you know give or take a couple of years away, and it's in 2025. And one NZ uh, is set to to shut down their 3G uh, August next year. So yeah, it's all sort of starting to pick up pick up pace. And yeah, we'll we'll be in most regards we're going to be you know better for it. And this is you know this is sort of. The nature when you've got innovative, uh, you know, new new offerings, and um, yeah, you've got you've got things tied up with with the old. You need to uh, double down and, and and focus on what's what's uh, what's new and current. But it obviously, can can cause a little bit of uh, pain, and so these things do need to be planned out well. Yeah, yeah, get there's a heads up. So I think plan now, ditch your three G phones if you're still using them. <laughs> Yep, those family members that are that are still on a old uh, whatever whatever it is that's uh, non non smartphone that's uh, only does two G and three G, then uh, yeah, it's it's days are numbered. It must be coming up to two decades of a technology. I mean, it's you blink and, and it's twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's sort of been you know give or take roughly you know r- roughly a, a a decade sort of you know three G to four G then four G five G and you know roughly a, a decade that you know they've mm. they've estimated for five uh, G to six G. So yeah, we'll see we'll see how that plays out. Um, also on the on the local the local front, some um, some really important health tech diabetics in in New Zealand. May soon have access to uh, you know government-funded continuous glucose monitors. So you know this is this is tech that you know you can attach to to your body. Um, and you know for for those uh, who who are diabetics and they you know they need to be doing that sort of ongoing um, blood testing. Then um, you know this looks like some some pretty exciting technology. Uh, you know, as with a lot of technology, it goes through a, a period of you know where it's very expensive. Over time, sort of comes down, gets a, a bit more accessible. Um, but yeah, the understand my understanding is it's it's, it's still pretty uh, pretty expensive at the at the moment. Um, I think one news were reporting and saying, you know, look, you can buy these devices yourself, but uh, two hundred dollars a month, so wow. not. Uh, uh, not not very cheap. So um, 
yeah, so Pharmac are, are, are you know asking suppliers for uh, for, for quotes uh, in this area as they um, you know they, they look at whether that's something that they can they can fund um, going going forward. So yeah, good to good to see tech uh, you know taking taking an increasing role within um, within the, the world of, of health for, for New Zealanders. Um, it is complex, though, isn't it? Because there, there's a cost to technology, and there are also uh, risks when it when it comes to uh, technology, and and that's um, I, I guess part of what we've we've been hearing around with um, uh, move to a national uh, data platform for health information. Yeah, really exciting on one front, but yeah, what hap- what happens when uh, whether it's a you know, you are especially you know a government entity, but there are obviously when you have these big pools of data, there are risks not only from the the you know the organisation who you know maybe sits at the at the centre, but organisations that uh, that that plug into that. Yeah, and I think culturally, we haven't been exposed to the same level of risks and threats. If you go to America, every person on the street knows how important and. Uh, your healthcare data uh, is, and they demand the kind of security out of the healthcare provider, mm. Mm. and they quote the the acronym that usually comes with that, which is HIPAA, the the kind of standards that that over oversee that, right? And yeah. I think yeah. it's time for New Zealand to step up and and let's really get real about data, digital, and privacy and security. Yep, no, you you're spot on. We uh, we. We need. We definitely need to uh, need to mature, and you know we're seeing in Australia there's a there's a lot more sort of you know teeth coming you know being being uh, shown there, um, and you know expectations have been have been really raised. So yeah, look, I think this will this will be an interesting one to watch. Um, you know, Te Fata Ora are um, you know I think you know uh, you know have to get contracts negotiated and so on. So there's not. You know, there's not a whole lot of uh, information, uh, you know, shared just yet on how this is going to play out, but uh, it's definitely, uh, definitely coming, and so you know, we'll be, we'll definitely be watching with interest. But uh, yeah, I think there are uh, there are a lot of, lot of, you know, challenges at the moment in terms of that central access to information, how it moves around. Um, the the level of security or, or, or lack thereof within um, you know private uh, healthcare organisation or, or providers, and we've certainly seen some some issues there historically yeah. in New Zealand, and yeah, it just just seems to be just seems to be an area that's kind of ripe uh, ripe for innovation, and of course you've got sort of new players that are coming into the health space that are more. Uh, more tech-minded, like uh, like uh, Tend, yep. who who you know recently been awarded at the NZ High Tech Awards, and who we've spoken to um, you know, here on the NZ Tech Podcast, and also on the on the NZ Business Podcast. So um, yeah, it's exciting to see moves ahead. Let's uh, uh, let's hope it's done in a in a really smart and a, and appropriate uh, way that 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 is able to be really innovative. Uh, and 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 effective um, whilst keeping our our data under appropriate uh, level of uh, um, you know lockdown. Yeah, no, I think I think uh, I'm excited. It's game changer for 
uh, people who are suffering with diabetes. And I can just recall uh, watching someone measure their blood sugar levels using strips in, in a device that was very clunky to handle. So look, it's mm. it's game changer. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it's good good to see a bunch of things going on there on the um, the, the health front uh, for for New Zealand. Um, now, if we look at the media, there has been so much talk about people losing money, often to sort of bank-related scams, payment-type scams and so on, and it just seems to be yeah, really ramping up. Um, I've had, had a um, you know, very close experience that, that I can share a little bit about, uh, a company that, that, that called my team at Gorilla in for, uh, for assistance. Uh, they'd had a company bank account drained, and um, at that stage, um, this particular one uh, was about, I don't know, off the top of my head, sort of about two years or so, or so back. Uh, company bank accounts changed. There were, you know, there was a bunch of things that we could see in terms of how their, their small business, you know, computers were not being maintained and secured and so on. So there were risks on that front. Uh there, there were some interesting things going on at the time. I, you know, I, I believe around sort of number, num, mobile number porting. So it probably a combination of things that kind of happened here uh, that that you know put them in a position where they were able to be uh, they were able to be compromised. Um, and and in that case, the bank, you know, the bank came and um, they refunded the money back, even though. You know, it but did. it's all, not always the case, right? Well, and that's—I think—that's kind of the big thing we're seeing now. And I remember discussing this going back a, a year or two, because at the time this one happened, we were seeing the bank step in and generally front up and say we'll cover it, right? And there might have been a non-disclosure agreement or you know what have you. It wasn't something that banks were waving the flag saying, hey, come and steal Kiwi's money because we'll just refund it to them. But then discussing with people outside of New Zealand and different economies, and it seems to sort of vary according to where in the world you are. I think New Zealand and Australia are probably reasonably similar in terms of at that time, in terms of uh, banks coming to the party and funding the losses. Mm. Now, what we've seen since is that that picture has changed dramatically. And so if, you know, if you lose funds because someone scammed you, then it's as though the money was in your pocket and you handed that money over to, you know, to the scammer. The the banks are... Um, you know, I, I guess have kind of reached reached their limit. They've done a lot uh, from their perspective um, to um, uh, probably educate. Um, you know, I think it, it's it's debatable how I, I think how effective some of that education has been. Uh, I think we talked we might have talked last week around uh, the TVNZ uh, program on on scams and so on. I think that's a really good. Uh, educational uh, piece. So there's lots of things going on to educate, but there's quite a combination of changes that need to be made in order to make us secure, right? And, and yeah. this is what we were talking about before before the, the show today. And we're in a position where 
look, people are susceptible and and you know, yes, you can educate people to you know to a to a degree, um, but also even you know very switched on uh, people. Sometimes you hit them at a, at a at a wrong time, and they'll be very sort of switched off. So you you, you know you have to uh, have to have other mechanisms in, in play, not just that education piece. Yeah, and it's the digital equivalent of a ram read. And for those who are listening outside of New Zealand, we've had a a very bad last couple of years where people are just you know driving their cars into stores and grabbing whatever whatever they want, right? And education gets you so far. But the bad actors, the cyber criminals, are getting very, very sophisticated, right? And the the lines and the and the psychology that's being used will fool the smartest of us, and we just have to accept that. The flip side of that, like you, you're just mentioning, there are plenty of tools that a bank can can or or a financial services provider can put in place, and we're starting to see a little bit of the awareness from from customers demanding options to secure their accounts. And I think there's, you know, potentially an opportunity, a competitor bank in New Zealand uh, to actually differentiate themselves and go, hey, look, we've got the best account security. We give you the best interest rates. Where do you want to put your money? You know, for me personally, I would gravitate to a bank that offered all the different solutions to keeping me, my, you know, my money safe from scams and from things like phishing, um, you know, one of the things is you could get rid of the password. Could be a great step, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, it's um, I'm, this is this is a topic I'm very very passionate about, um, and I think I'd love to see a little bit more government involvement. Um, you know, we're start, starting to see some fines that are eye watering in, in in Australia. Yeah. And we're we're not seeing that much regulation or talk of regulation here in New Zealand. I'd love to see a little bit more from government. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Australia because it it was a two hundred and fifty million dollar kind of ruling yeah. um, uh, against uh, Medibank. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, Medibank. So yeah, the hammer is sort of starting to come down on organisations that are. That are not, uh, you know, getting their head around solving cyber security and and data privacy uh, type types of issues, right? Yeah, and we've recently just had weekend clearing in New Zealand. So you know, if you bought a car over the weekend, you could get the money into the bank account pretty quickly. It's these sorts of changes in how fast money can move between accounts that one actually make it very very simple for. A, fraudster to run away with the money. So mm-hmm. with these conveniences that you and I get to enjoy um, comes that responsibility to protect uh, the funds and the accounts. Yeah, um, look, yeah, this, the sorts of issues that we're, that, that we're seeing are, yeah, a fraudster's getting into somebody's account uh, one one way or another, uh, sometimes that is is very much through a, you know, a scenario where that where they've managed to to do something like a sim swap and you know actually be uh, um, be you know getting a, a verification type type text message, uh, but you know I guess yeah now we're we're hearing hearing more about those multi factor things just being a 
a social engineering uh, scenario yep. where they've got somebody on the phone, they 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 trick that person basically into logging into false site and then feeding through multi-factor authentication uh, details. So the idea of going passwordless, the idea of you know using using tokens as 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 part of the uh, the mix um, and 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 the like. I mean, this is going to bring down these issues a lot, isn't it? If if we can get these mechanisms um, in place. Yeah, and that's one of the most common ways to scam people through phishing and and basically getting your password or your uh, phone number. The other way that's sort of emerging, and I love to to enlighten the viewers, is something called push payment fraud. So this is um, even harder to combat and even harder to, I guess, um, point the finger at who's responsible. Um, So you're starting to get scams where people, you and me, folks, thinking that they are sending money to a legitimate bank account, going into the bank account as if it was just standard kind of run-of-the-mill transaction. Mm -hmm. So you're you're logging in as you, but someone's rung up and told you, hey, look, we're doing the Hawke's Bay uh, flood relief fund and then asking you to put $1,000 into a bank account you've never, you know, it's a, a new bank account you've never sent any money to. And in si- these situations, you do it because someone's asking you for money for a donation and out of the goodwill of your heart, you do it. So they're starting to see sort of these creative ways of getting money out of people. Mm. Um, there are also solutions to that. Um, one, don't send money to someone you've just only known very recently or, or, or was trying to get you to push money um, through a bank account that you've never sent money to. Uh, but look, again, it's it's at the point of transaction. We need to be able to to go catch you and me and, and our, our kind of our friends and family at the point of transaction. Are you sure you are doing this? Uh, do you know what you're doing? Do you know who you're sending money to? And we don't have a lot of those controls. Yeah, we don't have that verification, right? When you when you set up a new bank account, and let's uh, you know we we you know we come across these these scenarios locally, and we hear about them in Australia a lot too. Uh, you know, somebody's making a, a deposit, um, they think they're they're you know they're putting their their money in with a very reputable uh, entity, another bank, etc. Uh, maybe they you know that's that's yeah that's where they want to deposit their funds and invest them for a period of time uh, but actually you don't have the verification mm. that the funds are going where you think they are yeah uh, and so they might go into an individual's account and then you know that individual is, is being used as a mule to then pass those funds off overseas so that's uh, it's that's, too that's easy it's a, a that's a major a major problem do you think it would be easy to solve that particular piece or are there yeah, are there privacy issues? Because you could have a bank account, and then you know another piece, a name that kind of has to has to uh, match up, or you know something that would that would break a lot of existing things. I suppose that's the that's the issue. You put new new systems in place, and it would break them. But we're kind of used to having deadlines and having things change and have to do uh, do things a different way. We've you know we've had that with with things like. Uh, in number porting, porting mobile numbers, 
uh, how those happen today is you know different to how it was happening uh, five years ago, and and that's put in place to make it more secure. Yet with with banking, somebody gives you a an, an account number, uh, and yeah, you think you're putting funds in there for one party, and actually it's going to somebody completely different. Yeah, look, it, it's it's amazing how simplistic that kind of fraud is. I mean, you've mm-hmm. just you've just explained how to defraud someone in in a matter of one minute, right? So I think from a technology point of view, we do have privacy preserving technologies these days where we could match names without actually uh, revealing the actual, you know, raw name. So, you know, this is this is what we're really interested in at AuthSignal. Um, there's, you know, plenty to work on in our space and we, we're very excited to, to play a part and be exist at this point in time because we're definitely needed. Yeah, we, I think we definitely want to sort of delve into yeah. that a, a, a little bit more later. But let's have a, have a chat around some of the sort of international things going on. Meta's uh, threads launched uh, launched last week. Uh, it, w- it was a topic I discussed on uh, on TVNZ uh, Tuesday or Wednesday morning uh, last week, and then it, it launched uh, I think sort of Thursday timeframe. Uh, threads being Really, a, a, a quite a head-on compete with Twitter in in many in many ways. It certainly got sort of you know a feel that, that looks like a, a Twitter clone. Of course, we've had a number of others, but the big thing being that this comes from Meta. It's it's tied at the hip with um, Instagram. Mm. It uses your your existing Instagram uh, login. Uh, but it goes a step further than that in that it pulls across or it gives you the option uh, to pull across your Instagram connections. So, yeah, I've signed up there. I don't have a lot of connections or followers on, on Instagram, maybe, I know, 800. Um, and actually, I should, I should have a little bit of a look in the, uh, in the app. But um, the percentage of, of those people... That have come across from Instagram, and and let's look at the numbers. Instagram, I think, are around 1.6 billion uh, monthly active users was sort of in that in that direction last time I heard, uh, which is around four times that that Twitter has. Uh, so if I if I look at my Threads app, let's see out of those roughly 800 followers, how many have come across. Um, Maybe around a around a fifth. Where where I've got 172 followers on Threads under my Instagram um, ID of Paul Spain NZ. So that's a that's a pretty big percentage that in less than a week have signed up for a Threads account. Now this is maybe a reflection of the sort of followers I have that are you know into the latest and greatest things sort of, you know, tech-wise and and so on. But if they manage to achieve a quarter, if they were able to bring across a quarter of Instagram users in total, they would be, you know, uh, you know potentially more more active depending on, you know, what what ha- you know what changes happen and and how much people sort of focus on on say threads versus uh, versus Twitter. Um, but we could be in a position in a reasonably short space of time, where where Threads is is actually uh, more active than Twitter, and 
kind of if that happens, it would be a pretty interesting scenario. Now I'm not I'm not sure whether that is is realistically what's going to happen, and there are some complexities there as well, right? Because mm. we see that uh, that Meta are kind of staying away from they're, they're trying to stay away from news and politics, which is is I guess you know some of the biggest kind of uh, activity that you tend to see on on Twitter. What's what's your take, Justin? Well, it didn't take long for it to become controversial. <laughs> I think well, we, well I think that's we're gonna, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's been been coverage. Um, you know, on online, there was a bit of uh, a bit of drama over the over the weekend uh, with with something posted, yeah, posted on Threads that then moved over uh, to to Twitter, um, involving um, Sparks social social media uh, channel and. Uh, one NZ, um, two degrees kind of weighed in. There was a whole, you know, whole whole bunch of stuff there, right? And we don't need to go into the into the the detail of that, but um, yeah, how messy is social media as a place to, as a place to do business? Yeah, I it's think complicated. Everyone thought that Twitter was going to be the town hall that everyone would flock to, and we're seeing true human nature come out, right? We did, we disagree with you, so we're going to go somewhere else to create a new echo chamber. Yeah. Um, so, look, I think it's a demonstration of uh, how complex humans are. My first take on Threads: there's a lot of mishmash of content uh, that isn't really curated to what I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got some rugby players on there. TJ Perinara is a shout out. He's he's pretty active on there, and he even liked one of my comments on a thread. So that was cool. There you go. Um, but there's a whole bunch of mishmash, and some of my followers, just the the meager followers that that have that have followed me. You you've got way more followers than me, Paul. I'm I'm jealous. They're not posting anything, so it seems like it's kind of just this platform for loud people to shout and if you like what they they say you stick around and for me I'm I'm still like my curated list of Twitter people I follow and mm, mm. yeah we'll we'll see how that pans out for threads. Yeah, yeah, look I I think it's it's yeah, it's reasonably early days but we're yeah, certainly starting to see some uh differences but um yeah, we are in a I think, you know, what happened over the weekend sort of highlights where we were in a different era than where we were just, you know, a few years ago with with social media and it was yeah, it was awesome how how, you know, we were seeing that sort of big organizations able to engage at a really, you know, personal uh level and it seemed reasonably uncomplicated. But it seems it seems to have got a you know got more complicated I think mm. in uh, uh, in in recent years in the early days of social media um, you know I think it was it was generally uh, you know especially Twitter it was a it was a really neat place to go to learn to meet new people you know tweet ups were 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 a thing yeah. uh, going back <laughs> probably you know. 12 to, to 15 years and uh, yeah you go, go meet up with with people in person you met on 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 social media uh, now I th- you know I think the the, the role of um, social media and and business has has really you know has really evolved mm. um, and yeah it can it can be uh, you know pretty uh, pretty complex as you know as we've seen with 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 um, 
some of the scenarios uh, playing out in the in the US, you know, your Bud Light type uh, uh, things and so on. And um, yeah, it's um, I think it's just complicated to to you know get your head around how to do that stuff. I'm certainly um, you know glad that that's uh, that's not my job as having to <laughs> having to juggle. Uh, social media for for a, for a, a large organization because there's just this political element that comes into it and when you look at politics it, it's like you know and and this is this is the you know the challenge politicians have as they they put something out on their channel doesn't doesn't matter what uh, you know what party they're from there's going to be a whole lot of people that hate on whatever they post because they've got a, a different a different view on the approach and you you just can't possibly please everybody and now we're starting to see that uh you know that that take you know really um you know take hold for um you know for for organizations with with you know they're posting something that um you know from their perspective is hey this is this is really good we're showing we care and then you know it's like Oh well, actually, you're not, and you know, <laughs> so on, right? So the whole cancel culture thing can come in very quickly. I'm I'm just going to stick to memes. I think uh, it's a safe safer place for me. <laughs> good call, good call. Let's all close down our social media accounts, and uh, or just what just uh, just view the memes. Um, now, also in the in the media, which which really does tie into. Um, Social as well as this on your line news act, uh, which which Canada uh, have moved moved ahead on, and there's some similarities here with what's been happening, uh, you know, down under as well. And you know, I think it was I don't know um, going back a couple of years when or so, uh, you know, during the sort of the the, the time of COVID lockdowns when. You know, Australia was threatening things that could have, you know, could have, uh, you know, potentially led to Google exiting Australia. That was, I think, the the threat from Google. Uh, in terms of trying to trying to create a playing field where, you know, the big uh, the big tech companies, be it be it, you know, Google on the search front or social media companies, would have to pay something for. Uh, the the content that that they're effectively kind of list, lifting uh, from the the web usually they're they're linking back to it, um, but you know it it becomes sort of you know something that their algorithms and their their um, uh, their platforms you know take it take advantage of, and so in Canada what we what we've seen is uh, Meta basically saying they're they're ending access to. Uh, to news on Facebook and Instagram uh, in Canada in response to this new legislation that would require them to be paying news publishers. Now, I do find these sorts of scenarios, so, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a little bit of, um, you know, playing politics kind of going on. Uh, there's a, a little bit of what can look like standover tactics from these big tech giants, which, you know, when you when when you look at them, um, you know, some of them are are worth you know more than than varying countries' uh, economies. Uh, certainly, the, the 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 GDP of a 
of a of a, sm- a smaller uh, to medium country um, often you know fall, falls below the sort of scale uh, of these big businesses. So they they do like to sort of push their weight around, uh, and so we understand. Yeah, Meta have made this announcement, but then you know on the flip side, we're we're hearing from um, you know we're hearing from the government saying, look, they don't need to do uh, they don't need to do that. At this point in, in time, I think it was a quote from the Canadian Heritage uh, Minister, um, Pablo Rodriguez, um, and he said Facebook knows very well that they have no obligations under the Act right now uh, in, 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 in his uh, uh, tweet. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of uh, interesting to see how these, how these things actually um, play out and it's not always easy to kind of work out who's on the right side of this mm. uh, or you know uh, yeah have have Canada kind of got it right or are they or are they actually you know pushing too hard expecting uh, too much compared to in in other markets or is it all down to uh, uh, you know tech giants behaving badly well well that's that's a huge statement it's a huge topic to dissect but i think you know it was, wasn't long ago where newspapers had the power right they they held the main they were the mainstream means to communicate uh through mass communication mm, mm. and this last 20 to you know years of the web just taking everything over they've struggled to find new ways to monetize and i think you know, here's a suggestion. If, if you want to compete with Meta, maybe you do need to think about building your own social network, you know, as a news outfit and, and, and create new digital ways to communicate the stories that you want to, to, um, to send out to, to everyone. So, look, it's, um, I, I personally think that the big tech have, have a huge market share. They're powerful. And it's a big mind share, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And we've allowed them to be this big. We've they've created software that makes it so easy to scroll and doom scroll. <laughs> so I'm I don't know whether regulation is gonna be the best way forward. I'm always a little bit cautious of regulation, but I think there is a responsibility uh, from social networks to bring all parties to social conversations and to ensure that there's a, a, a town hall aspect to their platforms and shutting shutting news channels out. I, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. So, yeah, look, it's balancing act, I think. Yeah, look, I, um, I'm... Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned around how some of these things are, are playing out uh, from from the legislation perspective, I think it, it's really hard to get that piece right. But on the on the flip side, uh, yeah, our, our social media companies, you know, their their goal is is very much to please their their shareholders. You know, mm. above all else, that seems to be the focus, and you know, often that means treading on the toes of individuals in many, many ways and, um, you know, certainly negative consequences on on 
small business and and you know that's I guess to a degree we you know we fit into that category as a uh, you know publishing podcasts mm. uh, as a as a smaller media um, niche media outlet and so yeah there's 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 positives and and negatives around these uh, these platforms but yeah I, sometimes I do wonder as if the uh, the legislation maybe um, you know overstates things or or can favour you know the bigger players and the, the smaller players don't necessarily uh, come out with uh, with anything. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a uh, messy world to uh, to operate in, and yeah, as we've discussed many times, uh, the legislation where it is needed often comes way too you know way too late. It takes a long time to. Uh, to, to figure out and the, the wheels of, of government tend to move uh, slowly and, uh, yeah, I mean, at times we'll see things enacted very, very quickly but in some ways it's it's like when they act quick, when they act slow, uh, from many perspectives they get the legislation wrong anyway. Yeah. So. And, and there's a laundry list of issues on social media to tackle as well. So I think... The re that I think there there's some clues to why this is being pushed through. There's, there's quite a lot of money involved, mm-hmm. uh, but I'd love to see things like um, exploitation, um, bullying, online bullying. I think I think you know there's plenty of role for regulation to to help police these mediums, uh, and you know it is a those are quite big problems to be honest. In my view, social problems compared to whether news companies are earning <laughs> something. Yeah, but complex problems. Um, also on sort of the global news front, we, we've heard IDC have shared uh, figures on global spending on public cloud uh, services. So we're talking the likes of AWS, Microsoft, Google, IBM and the, and the like with their varying you know, cloud services such as infrastructure as a service and, and platform as a service. Those uh, those public cloud services now have shot past uh, half a trillion dollars. So uh, 545.8 billion is the figure that uh, IDC research has uh, or their their research has has found. So a pretty impressive uh, increase in revenue for uh, for those cloud service providers. To a degree, they need it because they're they're building out new data centres all over the the place, uh, including here. Here in New, in New Zealand, um, and I guess it's because of those, uh, you know, that continual growth that that we're able to uh, uh, that you know it, it's made sense for them to invest in the infrastructure here. But yeah, just a, a big number to hit, and um, it probably won't be too many years along, and and we'll be hearing about them uh, hitting hitting a trillion dollars, right? Mm, and I think I, I saw a figure. I can't exactly, I uh, can't remember the the figure, but. Only a small num- percentage of workloads have actually moved to the cloud. There's still, you know, a majority chunk of in-house data centers. Um, they're operated by a lot of the banks, government, and it will. It's generational to move them off some of our legacy hosting providers and data centers. So, I, I love the cloud. We we build on the AWS cloud, and yeah, all power to um, cloud providers. 
Now let's let's talk about what you are building. Uh, what's what's been happening at All Signal since we since we caught up uh, yeah. last? And um, yeah, I, I think uh, around that time we may have had a little bit of a chat about Air New Zealand, but uh, today we've gone and and, and had a little uh, dabble with uh, what Air New Zealand are, are doing. They've uh, incorporated your. Uh, technology into their their sign in and uh, processes. So I've got my key now, my physical token, YubiKey in this in this case. I've now got that linked up to my Air New Zealand account. So uh, in fact, anybody logging into uh, Air New yeah. Zealand uh, from the web will be uh, will be seeing your technology in, in action. Whether that's coming in for what multi-factor authentication and you know, a text a text type code, or whether they they want to go further and, and set up a um a hardware key. Yeah, no, it's uh we've we've made a lot of progress, and and you've uh, thanks for setting it up on your account. Um, it's it's my joy and pleasure to to help and guide people through uh, setting these things up, uh, especially on a a well loved um, New Zealand brand. Um, look, we've been busy. Uh, we People want security, and and I think we're starting to see people understand that you need to demand more out of your service providers to not just give you a great experience, but also to to treat your data, your money as sacred, right? So um, OffSignal is a platform that helps these companies achieve that level of security. Uh, we, we make it very, very easy. Um, you, you don't need large teams to be able to put our technology in. And we're very excited about some proliferating technologies that um, have been launched and announced, and you, you might have covered them uh, in s- some different podcasts, but we're talking about things like passkeys. Fantastic. So Apple, Google, and uh, looking at the world quite differently where you could eliminate passwords completely and, you know, it's it's a bold statement, but the technology is there to do it. And how they do it is using the devices that you and I have. Um, the iPhone or your Android phone all have these secure chips and sometimes they're called secure enclaves, but effectively they're chips that it, it will be very difficult to break into uh, and everything's encrypted. So the combination of these chips that everyone has in their pocket mean that service providers, banks, insurance companies, et cetera, now can initiate what we call cryptography. And I won't get into too technical details, but effectively using really sophisticated cryptographic techniques to secure your transaction between you and the company. This means that your key, your secret, your token belongs to you and you never share it with anyone, which is unlike what passwords are. Passwords is something that you share with someone else. Yep. And that's where the world is heading. We want to keep our private stuff as close to us as possible and not share it if, if possible at all, and use techniques like cryptography to then exchange information privately to go, hey, look, this is, this is me, I'm transacting, 
I'm moving $10,000 across and uh, we do it all securely through cryptography. So I'm very excited. We're excited for technologies like passkeys. Uh, we're, we're stoked that, that, you know, every business that we talk to wants, they want to get there. They want to eliminate passwords. Um, and we're having a great run uh, uplifting security in New Zealand and outside of it. Um, and we've had, you know, we're, we're going from strength to strength. So, yeah, a lot, a lot has happened uh, since we last spoke. And it's great to be able to showcase a, a well-loved New Zealand brand and um, have that, have, you know, my mom and dad secure and, and know that my friends and family have the options to secure their account. So uh, give it a go. If, you, if you're sitting uh, on the couch, there's uh, plenty of different uh, tools now uh, with, with this one airline. Uh, and it's uh, a great, great effort from the team to deliver such security. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. And, and really the piece you do is um, you know, walk, walk us through, you know, what, yep. what, what is your, your yep. role? Whether it's within New Zealand or um, you know any organisation that wants to you know tighten up that that user login security, um, you know I know you know whether it's folks from from some of the banks or from you know government entities or smaller organisations who just you know they want to be secure, but it's often quite hard work to to put these these mechanisms uh, in place, isn't it? Great. So we offer an API, which mm. is um, something, a bit of code that any de de developer can, an engineer can write into any kind of process that you have. So, um, you know, a good example is you have a form that allows people to send money to others. And let's just say it's instant. Once the money's gone, it's gone. Now, typically we've been, you know, for good or bad reasons, you click a button and off it goes, and and you you wish wish for the best, and that you haven't uh, that you've you've done it correctly. Uh, bad actors use that and go, oh, if only I can get into your account by maybe social engineering you into giving your username and password or your phone number or the six digit code. If I get to that page, that's it. I'm I'm a, I can get away scot free with that transaction. So what we've done is taken awesome technologies that are being proliferated like passkeys and going, you can apply that to any interaction online uh, from checking out at an e-commerce store or, like I mentioned, initiating a bank transaction. So think of a world where you're walking into uh, or on, on your laptop and you're using Touch ID, Face ID for making your next e-commerce purchase. And one of the mo more exciting things is actually using it to do stuff in the physical world, um, using our phones to open uh, cars, to open doors, to initiate things like maybe pharmacy prescriptions. So there's a lot of real-world application yep. that we can use our technology for. So I'm very excited. So we're at the ground floor uh, of, of some exciting technologies here. Mm -hmm. Um, and how do you how you what are you sort of seeing around um, passkeys, for instance? How um, how are people adopting it? Because we, we do tend to be quite slow at adopting some technologies. 
other technologies uh, and uh, Threads was an example of this. You know, people adopt it in in droves uh, at the drop of a hat, right? So yeah. it uh, it does vary. But on the security front, we're not always that that fast moving. Yeah, look, I think it's changing. The, the fact that we're seeing headlines every week from uh, that, that involve a lot large sums of money. Mm. Uh, you know, mm. if Nigel Ladder has to do a Monday night primetime episode on scams, I think I think we've hit probably the you know, worst case scenario. I mean, we yeah. shouldn't be we shouldn't be taking prime time to television airtime to, to talk about scams. I mean, this is the most boring, dry topic that's out there, but it's so topical. So pass keys, I think, will be driven through uh, two fronts. I think big tech will play a big role, and mm, we're very fortunate mm. for Google, Apple to proliferate that. But consumers want a better option. Um, and nowadays, there's lots of competition. You know, you've got Revolut uh, kind of neobank that's just launched in New Zealand. Um, yep. And if you don't keep up with the trends and give your customers a secure and excellent experience, they will vote with their feet and walk where they feel, you know, a, a, another vendor provides, or, you know, a, a provider provides that level of of security and customer satisfaction. So I think um, it will be driven by consumers and, and the fact that we all have iPhones and Android phones uh, that can perform some of these cryptographic kind of technologies. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's great that we've had um, yeah, the big tech players got a line on that front and it's going to be good for, uh, for all of us from a security standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great to, great to catch up again. Um, and... In terms of your your sort of overall uh, journey as a as a business, what's uh, you know what what's next for you? But we want to go global um, in a big way. So we we already operate in Europe, uh, in America, in Canada, and Australia, New Zealand. But we see huge opportunities in Asia. Mm. So uh, we're just growing a team at the moment uh, to try and spread the good news of, of pass keys and uh, authentication and verification. So it's a very exciting time for us um, and to be supported by great customers that also helps. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, you know, it's been a great journey and to have supporters like you along the way as well. So, yeah, really appreciate everything. Oh, well, it's always always part of the goal is to, with, with the New Zealand Tech Podcast is, you know, shine a light on the good things that are going on. And uh, you know the security piece, I think, is very, very important. You know, as a as a nation, that we step up on on this front. And you know, when I when I look at at my own company, Gorilla Technology, there's a it's kind of those are the two things we focus on is is around um, you know what we what we can do in terms of helping our New Zealand organisations. Uh, I guess the the uplift that technology uh, you know can bring, and um, and and you know increasing that and reducing the downsides that uh, that technology can bring, reducing those risks. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you you fit well into <laughs> into into the appropriate categories there. So that's great. Well, thanks everyone for uh, for listening in and joining us on the New Zealand Tech Podcast uh, this this week. Uh, we will of course be back again next week. If you're not following us uh, across all our social uh, channels. 
that's the place to look for all my controversial statements. Um, no, not 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 so much of that. Uh, maybe from time to time on the uh, uh, polarizing uh, technology opinions. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can you can find our live streams if you're listening to the audio. Then make sure you're following uh, for live streams. Follow myself on uh, on LinkedIn, uh, or you can also follow us on uh, YouTube, Twitter, uh, or Facebook for the live streams. Uh, and if you are watching the live stream. Uh, but not uh, not catching our weekly audio episodes, then uh, look for us, uh, of course, on on any uh, podcast platform, be that you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, etc., or even even in your car, we're on TuneIn there uh, and Spotify. Uh, so um, yeah, big thank you, of course, to our show partners, uh, to Gorilla Technology, One NZ, HP, Spark, and Two Degrees. All right, thanks everyone. Catch you next week. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.